Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Her Moment in History. I'm Grace. I'm Michelle. And I'm Chloe. So yeah, we have a, a guest today. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, say hello, Chloe. I'm Chloe. I am Grace and Michelle's castmate, and they invited me for a guest episode. Yeah. So uh, yeah. this uh, week you want to do uh, politics as the, the the topic. Yes, I want to do some of those women in politics. Um, I I came up with politics because I'm doing my dissertation on women in politics. So why not? Uh, Michelle and I have got one person in between us mm-hmm. that we've been um, researching, and then you will have hopefully yes. got a woman. Then I have all we're talking about. So yeah, so who's going first? Do you want to go first, or should we go first? You guys kick it off. We're going to go first. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Am I going to introduce it? Yep. Okay, right. So this week we have got Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. You heard of her? I have not. You're going to have to enlighten me. Okie dokie. Should we make it easier and now? Just call her AOC, yeah. AOC. Most of the interviews I'd seen uh, with her in it had just called her AOC. Okay. To it. She was born in the Bronx in New York mm-hmm. in 1989. Cool. Right. First thing you have Taylor Swift. I, yes. Taylor Swift is 30 this year. Crazy. Whoa. I like how you know that. I like how both of you know that, actually. <laughs> She's got an album, isn't she, from 1989? Yeah. It's oh, the, year, the year of her birth. And I'm still singing, I know about you, and I feel intelligent. Anyway. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, same year. So, her mum was called Blanca Ocasio Cortez, who's from Puerto Rico, and her dad was called uh, Sergio uh, Ocasio, who was an architect born in the Bronx uh, to a Puerto Rican family, uh, and they were like a Catholic family. She has a younger brother called Gabriel. Is it Gabriel? Gabriel, isn't it? If it's the male. Gabriel for yeah, a boy. Gabriel. And um, I see had said that we're black, we're indigenous, we're Spanish, and we are European. It's kind oh, of like love it. what the how she kind of feels that Puerto Rico is like represented. She graduated in two thousand seven from Yorktown High School and was very, very smart. Yeah. Too smart for us. Too smart, yeah. yeah you actually of... wrote in the notes hella smart. I know I didn't know how <laughs> what did she study? Well, that was at high school. Oh, okay. Um, but she, she ended up... It was like a, a science fair kind of thing, and she won for her, like, presentation, but I just didn't un- actually understand what her presentation was on. Oh, it was so much. much. Yeah. <laughs> and that was, so, high school. Oh, that she studied been at... Um, at university. In- international relations and economics. Yeah, at university. Oh. I know. <laughs> Uh, and in t- We're uh, just here reading books. I know. <laughs> it's not just reading books, but yes, kind of. I don't know if we've actually yeah. stated what degree we do. No, people oh, probably I think you're doing an art degree, to be fair. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, we're all lit students. Um, yes. Yeah, I feel that's... I mean, we also do other things, but... But we're lit students because we like a hobby to be a degree, so... <laughs> I mean, do what you love. Yeah, true. So... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, Back to the gal. <laughs> when she was uh, uh, at high school, uh, she got an asteroid named after her. I know. I have a star. That's better than a bench. Me. We've been over this. We have been over this. Because my friend, she messaged me and she's like, The Great Goats, we got a mention in the podcast. And I'm like, Yep, my star. The Great Gatsby. Goats. Goatsby. She has a star named The Great Goatsby. Because I like goats too. That is beautiful. Uh, and when she was in high school, she took part in the National Hispanic Institute, um, uh, Lorenzo de Zavala Youth Legislation, Legislative Session, uh, and she became the Secretary of State when she went uh, for kind of that institute when she went to Boston University. Oh, I know. Um, during uh, university, she also worked as an intern at the Immigration Office, so she had to kind of like be on call for when people would look for people within the immigration service mm. so she'd like have families that was over. quite a hard role to do from a fam- coming from a family of migrants yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. she said she'd have people like call her saying like i don't know what my family member is within the system and oh. she'd have to then seek them out which is yeah hard not great no graduated is it pronounced cum laude laude wild i don't know from university in 2011 um, and then during her time at uni in 2008, so she would have been a 
her first year then? It's only do four, so second, they do four, second year. Yeah. Her father passed away uh, and then she had to settle his estate whilst also at uni. Oh. Um, and she said that it helped, that like the process helped her learn how attorneys administer an estate just to enrich themselves at the expense of families. So I think they really tried to like fuck her over, basically. Yeah, well, we're gonna screw over this young girl that's been left to do all this. Yeah. And so after college, she moved back to the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And she was worked as an educational director. And then when her father died, she did work as a bartender and waitress and house cleaner and stuff to help her mother. Whoa, that's a lot. I know. And to, she wanted to fight the foreclosure of their home. What a gal. I and know. She, I mean, how old must she have been then? Yeah. Is it you sorry? Yeah. No. Straight out of college and then... Yeah. God. Then she later launched the Brook Avenue Press the publishing firm just launched the publishing firm yeah yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do i do this saturday <laughs> yeah well i think i'll just launch a publishing firm to be fair i was thinking about it the other day seriously yeah of course you were <laughs> i was like I could, put, I could just print my own stuff you know why not to be fair that was like cuts out a lot of the middleman exactly and it's a man so you don't want don't want to be in it <laughs> <laughs> But also it's like a lot of work just to skirt around. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Well, I don't think about that bit. But it, it was... Let her have a dream. Okay, yeah. sorry, sorry. <laughs> it was to, um, for books that pre- portrayed the Bronx in a positive light. Oh, that is oh, lovely. Cool. Then she works in 2016. Mm-hmm. She worked as an organiser for Bernie Sanders' 2016 presidential campaign. Throwback. I pronounce his name. Triggered. What? Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I thought it was Saunders. I, I don't know. Is that from KFC? You're thinking Colonel of... So- for that's Colonel... So- I genuinely have no I idea. I want to say Colonel Mustard, that's Cluedo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Chicken, I don't know. Colonel Saunders, I think it's Is it? Saunders. Kentucky Fried Colonel. <laughs> Maybe they're related. Yeah. Wait, who? <laughs> Bernie. Bernie Sanders. And yeah. Mr. KFC. And he just got rid of the U, because they don't care about you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> then after the election, she travelled across America by car. Oh, wow. And she visited the Standi- Standing Rock Indian Reservation, mm. which is very weird, because we just had a lecture We did, yeah. An hour ago. <laughs> Go then, tell me what it is. So it was in the, the Standing Rock, wasn't it, that they would, uh, was it that they were trying to put a, uh, it's completely Pipe, wrong. Pipeline? Yeah. You say they, meaning? Uh, the government. The white people. Yes. Yeah, basically. Uh, is it the North Dakotan, um, like, government were trying to put a pipeline through it? Yeah, and it's, and uh, it's sacred grounds. Yeah, to Native Americans. Americans. So there was, like, a massive thing, and... Like uh, the lecturer said, like she thinks in the future people are going to look back at that being like a, a kind of a, a large moment in like Native American history mm. that they they tried to do that and that it was it was fought fought against, wasn't it? I mean, I know it was fought against, but like was it? Did didn't they get passed? Don't think so. Yeah. Hallelujah. I know. Um, and then she then spoke to the people who were affected by that and. Uh, Flint water crisis. Mm-hmm. I've heard about that. Mm. I haven't. Oh, explain. Um, what I've heard on Twitter is um, basically in the region of in, yeah. in Flint, Michigan. Yeah. Michigan. Um, the water source is so bad mm-hmm. that it's literally killing people all the time. Mm-hmm. And if you're rich enough to afford, you know, your own private water source you're fine oh. but say you're in social housing or you just can't afford it you've literally got no choice but to drink this disgusting water yeah. I'm sure that's the plot of Chinatown what of what? Chinatown Polanski film from the oh 70s. you say that as though that's like common it is <laughs> okay. it's a big film sure. it's got Jack Nicholson in it oh, okay well. yeah definitely what I'll see yeah um <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, in an interview, she said that the the stand the standing rock was a tipping point 
because she believed that the only way to run for office is if you had access to wealth and social influence and power. Sadly. Yes, yeah. sadly, yes. <laughs> it is a shame. As I'm finding through my dissertation, the more wealth one has, the more positively they're even portrayed. portrayed yeah. yeah. It's infuriating. Ooh, it's like economic they bias. can buy power, they can buy likes. Ooh. You actually can though, can't you? Like on Facebook and stuff, you can buy. I mean, likes. like literal, what? you can buy people to like you. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, but like on social media. Yeah, as well. true. How? Like, you I mean, pay a ask somebody that has no life. Because I once. <laughs> Ooh, meow! <laughs> I once started a. It was, it was meant to be like a world record thing on Twitter mm-hmm. to, to get the most followers who wasn't a celebrity. It did not go well. I, to be fair, I got like a thousand followers. Whoa! But I didn't pay for any of them. But loads of people kept contacting me, like, "Do you want to buy some? Do you want to buy some?" And I'm like, "No, I'm gonna do it the authentic way." It's a bit weird that, like, I don't know, like you can literally capitalize, like, uh, capitalize social 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 interaction. Yeah. You know I mean, by computers. Yeah. It's it's weird. It's like meet and greets, isn't it? You yeah. Know, you pay to meet people. Yeah. Who you've known from the internet. It's like you can't, I can't just stand outside and be like, £10, you can have a conversation with me. But also, like, it's a, it's a weird concept, even if you're like famous or not famous, if you do, to charge for your, your presence. presence. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I suppose that's what, I mean, it's not quite. That's all that being a celebrity really is. Yeah. I mean, but, you get paid to go on a talk show, you get yeah. paid to do an advert mm-hmm. or anything like that. So if you think, well, like, I mean, I know with like musicians and things like that, it's very much, there's a lot more, you don't just pay for them to appear. Mm. But there is a sense of like, I don't know, authenticity of a person, if you know what I mean, that you, you can then put. Mm, but I mean, if we it. wanted, I don't know, a Kardashian here right now, we have mm. probably have to pay her by the minute. Yeah. It's mad. Mm-hmm. We're going to start charging people for my time for the minute. See what you get with that. Mm. <laughs> I think I should be skinned. <laughs> Katie Electris, if you wanted to turn up, I charge by the minute. Yeah, well, isn't that what they do in... Uh, uh, where they pay you to go to university? Oh, yeah, in Denmark. Yeah. One Scandinavian <laughs> Another joke. reason why Scandinavia is better. Right. <laughs> oh, I just want to move there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you get paid when you went to uni in Denmark? No, because I'm not Danish. Unfortunately, well, to be fair, a lot of people thought I was. Really? Yeah. You have the complexion. Nice. <laughs> what? Pale. I was gonna say pale. <laughs> yeah, I would be nice. <laughs> Start saying that to someone when they go. I'm so pale. Go. You look Scandinavian. You're fine. Yeah. I'm basically a Viking. You are in your. <gasps> yeah. Oh my god, that's the title of the episode. <laughs> basically, basically a Viking. <laughs> <laughs> Completely irrelevant to the women. Yeah. I'm sure they have Viking descent. Um, um, oh, she got a call from brand new Congress who were recruiting progressive candidates, and her brother had nominated her after the election in 2016. Oh. That's nice of him. What a nice oh. brother. I know. I know. My sister's thrown under the bus. I don't have one. <laughs> Me neither. Oh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> we started her uh, 2018 campaign. She funded it all by um, waiting tables oh. and tending bar. Right? What a real person. I know. She said she faced a financial disadvantage and said you can't really beat big money with more money. You have to beat them at something completely different. Yeah. But she knew that just wealth was not... She wasn't going to get that wealth. Yeah. So she challenged uh, Joe Crowley, who was the, I, I think, from what I could gather from reading about it, because I don't quite understand American politics too well, he was the Do one they? who was, <laughs> well, he was the one who was the kind of democratic um, mm. face at the time, and she challenged him to then be the democratic uh, Senate representative. So was she the yeah. party leader? So... She would be the, so what she was campaigning for was to be the um, representative of either the New York representative mm-hmm. or the Bronx representative yeah. um, for the Democratic Party. Wow. Yeah. She was endorsed by lots of different organisations, such as, uh, lots of like, progressive and civil rights uh, organisations, such as Move On, uh, just Democrats, Brand New Congress, Black Lives Matter, and Democracy for America. 
Wait, no, sorry. And Democracy for America, sorry. Uh, and uh, Governor Cuomo? Cuomo? Yeah. Was and then endorsing uh, Crowley, who was like who she was opposing. Mm. But, so from that, uh, she received fifty-seven um, percent of the vote. Wow. And Crowley got forty-two percent. Who got the one? Who got the one percent? Well, the one I assume didn't that was vote. Quite like, I know. <laughs> Did one percent not vote? Well, there's there's other like so. I uh, probably got twenty forty two point five. Four percent actually. Yeah, I can't oh, do that at all. So we'll let that one go. I assume that was like because you can vote third third party. Yeah. Is yeah. it like the spaghetti monster eating spaghetti party? The pastafarians. Raving loony pa- monster that raving one. loony. Oh. Um, I'm sure someone. They get about two thousand votes a year every election. Which is the one where they put a colander on the head? Pastafarians, that's a religion, not a political party. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm sure so they sorry. probably have that a political was, party. That was started up because, or I think it was started up because, so in your passport photo, mm-hmm. you um, aren't allowed to wear a hat unless it's for religious reasons. So a group of people got together, the Pastafarians Made are, an a headdress is a colander. So now there are groups of people around the world who have colanders on their head in their passport photos. Why if you have and a hole in your head like Phineas Gage? I love people who try and even find loopholes in the system. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes we're idiots. <laughs> just irritates me. I get that that's a loophole, but also, just don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have some pastafarians writing in. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Discrimination. I'm unsubscribing. <laughs> Sorry. Have you, have you seen there's, uh, the picture, you know, of the picture of... I mean, it's right, the creation of Adam, isn't it? Where it's the picture of God and Adam and their hands are then mm-hmm. like meeting and it's the whole thing about Adam. Oh, the Sistine Chapel. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, of God giving Adam in touch, that whole thing. So someone's uh, redone it and basically Adam is reaching out and there's a giant like bowl of spaghetti with eyes. Not even kidding, it's fantastic. What's <laughs> seen as a pastafarian There's a pastafarian ideology. Ideology. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> We're going to lose a wide demographic here. <laughs> the wide demographic of past parents who tune in. So, uh, yeah, so uh, obviously then she won uh, the primary election. Uh, and also, so there was a spike in the word socialism in the dictionary. Ooh, like after, people searching for Yeah, straight after her... Victory. Is she a self-proclaimed socialist? Yeah, she's uh, she's a democratic socialist. She says that's her like party. My girl. I know. Um, I know. I thought I didn't put this because I thought you'd like it. Uh, and then uh, Crowley conceded defeat, uh, but um, Crowley never congratulated her, which was like the usual kind of yeah. thing that you Etiquette. do. Yeah. Um, and he never did. But uh, she did get congratulations from Bernie Sanders and from Noam Chomsky. I know. How cool is that? That's I'm beautiful. sure Noam Chomsky died, though. It's like this Mandela thing, but only I have it. Well, no, I think that's just... You're also going to lose Noam Chomsky's <laughs> subscription. <laughs> I think it just means you've misremembered it. I don't think that's what I'm saying. tag him. You are. Okay, fair enough. At Noam Chomsky. So if you are alive, then you can leave us a message. No, but he is. Be you like can just Google it. <laughs> Michelle, it's just you that thinks <laughs> No, I think there's more people. You, okay. We're going to get loads of people flooding in, telling us I'm so glad I found... They have this memory to Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's like the Bernstein Bears. Yeah, absolutely. You <laughs> got very confused for a second there. We spoke, yeah, it's the we spoke about the man- Mandela. Yeah. yeah, the Mandela effect. Which she didn't like. Which just messed with my head. Yeah. <laughs> because it's real. Yeah. Well, I feel like we need to explain what the Mandela effect is. That was the first thing that. Yeah. So it's uh, it's basically where Proposals. a group of people collectively have a misremembered piece of information, and it comes mm-hmm. from the idea. But that it's like it, it can be like worldwide. It's not confined to one group of people. Yeah. It's like it could be people completely unrelated that all yeah, have this memory. Yeah, so it's the idea of um, 
when Nelson Mandela passed away, loads of people came forward and said, I thought he died, was it the 80s they thought he died in? They thought he died in the 80s, and he didn't, but loads of people specifically remember. That's like, I can't remember which Disney it was. Um, Was Something like, (laughs) 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 I I think it was like Beauty and the Beast or something, oh no, an earlier one, it might have even been like Snow White, a really early one. And people remembered a character as very different. Yes, but so but you can still go back to the original film, and it's it's different. Yeah, I can't. But everyone remembers it. Was it that there was a, one of the dwarves was named something else? No, the names have always been the same. But there was something in one of the early Disney films, and it was completely different. So well, if anybody's got any ideas, they can let yeah, us know. Please, please let us know. Because <laughs> now I want to know what that is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the the, the chicken, where the chicken leg. The, the, the Henry VIII I know what you mean, painting. but you, I want you to explain I, it a bit more. <laughs> so the painting cause of Henry VIII, because there's a thing where you remember seeing him holding a chicken leg. That's how everybody thinks of him. When you think of Henry mm. VIII, you think, oh yeah, I can see him sat on the throne eating chicken. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the painting doesn't exist. No. There's no painting of him holding a I chicken leg. I feel like leg. it might be on The Simpsons, and like, we're all getting this from The Simpsons. You know, like, I think that'd be, you know how the president. Simpsons predict the future? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the Simpsons should be a religion. Well, oh. it makes more sense than pastafarianism. That, that's rude. <laughs> <laughs> but true. Yeah. Um, so, uh, she won the primary election, and at the general election, she then won um, with a 78% Ooh, vote. Girl. I know, I know. Uh, and then that quickly sparked then um, worldwide kind of media attention. So n- numerous articles um, were writing about her. Talk shows were uh, had her on, and mm. um, which beforehand, before uh, the two thousand eighteen Democratic primary, uh, no one was really paying her attention. They talk about other people who were kind of in the area, but mm. they just wouldn't really pay her much media attention. Obviously, now that she'd kind of won, they were paying her attention. Uh, and uh, someone had said that the fact that they weren't paying atten- uh, her attention was just like a media failure, basically. Ooh, do you know about that media? Uh, yeah, um, but she was. I, I included because you've uh, you watched Fahrenheit. That's nine eleven. I've seen the Mike, Michael Moore documentary Fahrenheit nine eleven. I wrote an essay on it. Yes, but that's eleven nine, which is about Trump. Becoming president, oh. and that's the date he became president. I thought it was the same one. No. And for I'm some reason, they. I'm going to have to convert this in my head because our dates are different anyway. Yeah, so 11 9. So the night of. It's 9th of November. 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 Yeah, because I remember when it happened because I was at uni. And then I had a class with uh, you the day after. Yeah. And then I came to uni and you were like, Are you okay? And I was like, No, I'm not happy. <laughs> and you were like, Oh. Should we not talk about it? I was like, yeah, we won't talk about it. And then we went for our lecture. <laughs> I thought I was at college when it happened. Hang on, Mandela effect again. Wait, in 2016? Yeah. You thought you were... Girl, you were in first year. Yeah. You definitely would have been in first year. I have this memory. Wait, was that Brexit? That was in Brexit. No, no, Brexit was more recent than that. Brexit was college. Yeah. No, college. no, I'm telling you, Brexit was like first year. No, Brexit was college. Because I remember we got the results from Brexit and then I went to my uh, oh, sixth, sixth form prom. Yeah. So everybody oh, just got yeah. completely pissed because <laughs> they were happy about leaving college but also devastated about Brexit. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> yeah. So then when uh, she took office, um, someone, I think, tried to like embarrass her or like shame her with uh, like showing a, a, a video from her college days where she... That old chestnut. Where she appeared... But then, in her defence, loads of other kind of um, people on Twitter then filmed their own versions Yeah, of I mean, it. there's that, but then there's, like, David Cameron, his pig. I know, and that, yeah. I'm like, that's, that's embarrassing. <laughs> but, I mean... Really? You sure? I don't think a dance video is... Yeah, I suppose they just tried whatever they could, to be fair. Only if she was dancing to One Direction. It wasn't. Then I would lose respect. It was Mamba, was it Mamba number five? Uh, <laughs> people, people like... Um, 
oh, redid yeah, it with Mambo Number no. Five and Gangnam uh, Style, and then she responded by um, dancing to Edwin Starr's War. Love it. Yeah. Oh, and when when the 116th Congress convened in 2019 of this year, I mean that's yeah this year. Yeah, 2019. I this year. can't speak today. She entered with no seni- sen- seniority with a large social media presence. Because she's the other generation, isn't she? Mm. Yeah. And so, give you some statistics. Hit me with them stats. <laughs> so in February 2019, she had 3.1 million Twitter followers, mm-hmm. um, which is up from 1.38 million in November last Whoa. year. Which surpassed Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had 2.2 million Instagram followers January this year, and 500 followers on Facebook. 500,000 followers. 500,000. Yeah. <laughs> Bit different. Um, and <laughs> her colleagues appointed her to teach them social media lessons oh my when gosh. she arrived in Congress. I'm not being funny, but I think every organisation should do this yeah. because you can either benefit a lot from social media or lose a lot from yeah, social media. Social media. And uh, she continued to receive lots of media coverage. And she became, she's like one of the most talked about politicians in the US. Mm-hmm. Um, so during her first month in office, she, the um, admirers of her left lots of post-it notes with messages of encouragement. Oh. Orange, pink and yellow. Oh, um, but the sticky notes had to be removed after the superintendent of house office buildings said the notes obscured the braille on her template nameplate. Couldn't they just taken off them, taken them off the nameplate? Yeah. And then left the rest. Somebody is a job's worth. <laughs> yeah. It's. Um. She she made a first speech on the floor of Congress, mm-hmm. which was then tweeted out on video mm-hmm. by C-SPAN, and then within twelve hours. The four-minute video was one of the most watched Twitter videos of the House of Representatives. Wow, amazing! On Twitter, and she also made a comment to President Trump's former lawyer, Michael Cohen. Mm-hmm. She she asked him whether Trump had ever inflated property values on bank or insurance purposes, and then inquired where she could find more information on that. And so he just replied. With an implication that Trump had, like, done some tax and bank frauds and mm-hmm. personal business Rich tax. House. Yeah. Yeah, and all of that what? illegality stuff. And then a nice young chap from the New York Times. The way you say that tells me he's not going to be a nice chap. No, yeah, he praised her, is it? Oh, right, he was a nice chap. Nice young chap, yeah. <laughs> but laying down specific questions for specific Predicates. Mm-hmm. Predicates. Predicates. No. And then on oh right, on February seventh, twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. she submitted her first piece of legislation, so known as the Green New Deal. Ooh, Ooh girl. Be, I prefer the New Green Deal, but okay. I can't. You can't change it. We'll address that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she and the Senator Ed Markey. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a nice guy. Um, they released a joint non-binding resolution laying out the main elements of like a ten-year plan that would phase out fossil fuels and oh, nice. overhaul the nation's infrastructure. I really I like thought it. that got landed on Trump's desk. Yeah. Also, with <laughs> yeah. a post-it note that says "fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> um, so what they were doing was basically like building off what Obama had already done to mm. try and stop climate change's effect and like so trying to get zero emissions and all that stuff. She did say that she's uh, working towards um, basically meaning that all the energy which she's used and created is 100% like renewable. Well it's got to be before long because we ain't got no fossil fuels left. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Time is running out. Well that's a quote where we were it says well we're basically burning dinosaurs Mm -hmm. to get around and we are. Yeah. Well, we just crazy. we haven't got any fossil fuels left. Well, we're burning out the dinosaurs. They're going extinct again. 
That's a cheery song, isn't it? Oh, how's your Monday? Yeah, realise actually, killing the dinosaurs all over again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so lots of the Democratic senators supported this plan. So like Bernie Sanders and Cory Booker and some other nice peeps. And then there's that Nancy Pelosi and Frank Pallone expressed opposition. Mm-hmm. Of course they did. And so activist groups like uh, Greenpeace and Sunrise Movement also in favour. Mm-hmm. And no Republican lawmakers voiced support. Shocking. Wow. No. <laughs> um, so what the Democrats call a stunt um, on the March 26th this year, that was last week. Yeah. Well, her wiki's up to date. Oh my goodness. (laughs) We didn't get it from Wikipedia. Who told you that? (laughs) Or the hyperlink. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they called for an early vote without discussing Mm -hmm. discussing it or expert testimony. Um, So, and then Marky said that they were trying to make a mockery of the Green New Deal and called the vote a sham. So, yeah, and they got defeated. Mm-hmm. Sad times. So, yeah. so I just wanted to make you know, leave a happy note with uh, all of her political positions. <laughs> so get ready for this list. It's fantastic. Three, two, one. So she's a democratic soci- uh, socialist. She believes that capitalism will eventually be replaced. She yes. rejects the politics of Cuba, the USSR, and Venezuela, and says she's in favour instead of the politics that present presented in Norway, Finland, Sweden and oh, the what UK we say is on that list but I think we think that's well, it I might be that's like a the typer. Ideal, idealised <laughs> UK rather than the actual I'd stick with Scandinavia yeah <laughs> uh, she believes in Medicare for all she believes in tuition free public college and trade school believes guaranteed family leave she believes in uh, abolishing US immigration and customs enforcement believes in ending private prisons believes in enforcing gun law policies believes in making energy 100% renewable, believes in LGBTQ plus equality, uh, fought for the impeachment of Trump. Uh, How amazing. Uh, And then in 2017, she was actually named um, the person of the year by the National Hispanic Institute. How amazing. I want to shake this girl's hand. Right? And uh, (laughs) guess how much older than us she is. Hang on a minute, let me math. Nine years. That was quite quick maths. But yeah... Well, then you, then oh, us. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Where? Yeah. 98 bond, Michelle. I know. Yeah. We're little daddies. <laughs> but all that. Well, I mean, do you know what? If I've achieved a tenth of that by the time I'm 29. I mean, if I've achieved a tenth of that by the time I'm 80. <laughs> I know, because she's just so much. Amazing, right? But yeah, so that's actually, uh, she currently, she still lives in the Bronx um, with uh, her partner. I wonder if she still has the, the presses open. Just the, the book publishing? Yeah, I hope so. I don't so. know, we'll have, we'll have to have a look. I feel like you should write to her and then feed her letter. <laughs> yeah. Her response. Yeah. Ask her for a job. Yes. <laughs> like, hello, I really like you. Could you give me a <laughs> Just I'm that. I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, she's uh, Catholic. Her mother and grandma uh, now live in Florida. So that is uh, Alexandria... Uh, Ocasio Cortez, amazing, right? What a girl! I know. Yes. Oh, I've really enjoyed that. I'm glad. <laughs> should we take an ad break? We should take an ad break, okay? And we shall we see you in a second? Hey, Karina, do you want to hear an interesting new fact about sloths? Impossible, Cassie. I know all there is to know about sloths. They spend their whole lives eating and sleeping, and that's living the dream in my book. I bet you don't know this fact. Fine, surprise me. Sloths are surprisingly fast and skilled swimmers. They can move three times faster in water than they ever can on land. Suddenly, I love them even more. Where can I possibly learn more exciting and interesting facts about sloths? Well, we did do an entire episode on sloths for CritterCast. Right! CritterCast, our comedic animal-themed podcast. It's the show where we talk about all kinds of animals and why we love them. We upload new episodes twice a month on every second and fourth Sunday. Just in time for your Monday morning commute. You can find CritterCast on iTunes, Spotify, and many other podcast streaming apps. 
Plus, check out our website, CritterCastPodcast.com, for links to all of our social media and for more fun facts and adorable photos of critters big and small. CritterCast Podcast. Hello, we're back. (laughs) So, now it's your turn. So, who are you doing? Okay, my gal this week. Your gal. Is Sonia Gandhi. Ooh! Have you heard of her? Amazing. Carry on. Is so, it not Gandhi's wife? Well, no. Oh, right. As far as I believe, I have tried to do a bit of tracing. She's not related to Mahatma. Oh. At all. As far as I believe, she was married to Rajiv Gandhi. Was um, he related to? I don't think so. We're just going to interrogate you on the entire family tree. Her maiden name. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure they were, because isn't everyone everyone's 50th cousin or less? All right, Stephen Fry. I like Stephen Fry. Don't no, make, isn't don't that where you got that fact from, though? No, I, I got it from a blog for this video. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> she was born Sonia Maino. Um, yes, that was her maiden name. Mm-hmm. In 1946, 9th December, okay. to Stefano and Paolo Meno mm-hmm. in Louisiana. Oh, okay. America. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I was just clarifying <laughs> that clarification, Michelle. Um, so she then moved to India with her family. Right. They have Indian origins. Mm-hmm. And, and met Mahatma. No, not no. Mahatma. <laughs> I just like saying his name. Okay. She spent her adolescence in a Roman Catholic family in a Roman Catholic school. They've got that in, in common. They do. And that was Me. because her mother was Italian Ooh. and a Roman Catholic, a devout Roman Catholic. So when they went to India, they sent her to a Roman Catholic school. There's a Roman Catholic school in India? Yeah, news to me too. That's well, yeah. What is it? Sorry. <laughs> They're everywhere. Just I mean, we colonised them. Valid. <laughs> Valid. <laughs> um, she completed her schooling at the age of 13, and her final reco- report card read, Intelligent, diligent, committed. Would succeed well at the high school for teachers. But she didn't want to be a teacher. She wanted to be a flight attendant. She okay. wanted to see the world. Oh, yes. I, would, um, I don't know if I want my school reports to be online. Mine I'm usually say, like, gobby. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I once <laughs> said gobby. <laughs> Literally. Oh, Christ. <laughs> um, however, the flight attendant thing didn't last. Right. Because in 1964, she went to study English at the Bells Educational Trust Language School in the city of Cambridge. Okay. This in, UK, in, in Cambridge. In Cambridge yeah. is in Cambridge. Well, is the Cambridge where Harvard is? Well, it's not. Wait, the, it's it's the UK one. Is it? Is it Harvard? I think it's Harvard. Oh, yeah, you're it's in Gilmore Girls. Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> um, it was at Cambridge that she met Rajiv. Okay. Um, they re- they met in a varsity restaurant, where she was working as a part time waitress to try and fund her way through her studies. And he was enrolled in an engineering degree at the University of Cambridge. Mm. So he was doing very well. Yeah. Um, In this, because he was at the University of Cambridge, he was a known figure. Despite, you know, the 60s not being the easiest time for people of Mm colour, Ravij Gandhi was a well-known figure. And the Times reported Mrs Gandhi was an 18-year-old student at a small college in Cambridge she met a handsome young engineering student, our own Rajiv Gandhi. Uh, the couple married in 1968, uh, just two, four years after they met. They were in the paper. Yeah, they were in the Times. Don't Ooh. they put it in the... I mean, you put marriage announcements in the paper anyway. Yeah. yeah. But the Times wrote up about them, yeah. And they married in 1968 in a Hindu ceremony. Much to her mother's disapproval, I assume. Um, but then how did she get married? A Ooh. Roman Catholic wedding. But what religion was her dad? Agnostic. Oh, okay. So <laughs> Rajiv was Hindu, mm-hmm. so they had a Hindu ceremony. Mm-hmm. 
and following the wedding she moved into the house of her mother-in-law and then Prime Minister Indira Gandhi. Yeah, what? She That's was right. The Prime Imagine your mother-in-law is the Prime Minister. Wait, oh, Indira, the Prime... <laughs> was this in India? Yeah. So India, the woman Prime Minister? I mean, I think how it works in India is that it's more local. I oh. think. But still, this is the 60s. Yeah. Like, yeah. Good on you. Um, and it was her mother-in-law that first sparked her interest. Oh, yes. Good mother-in-law. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot we didn't about politics. You <laughs> <laughs> just think, hold on. However, <laughs> Sonia was very private, um, and her first involvement with Indian public life began after the assassination of her mother-in-law. <gasps> Ooh, wow. dark yeah. turn. Mother-in-law was assassinated, and then her husband was elected as prime minister to Sonia's fill his mo- yeah to fill oh. his mother's role. Oh, the son. Was he also in politics, or was it very much just because his See, mom was... See, that's what I couldn't figure out, okay. because I knew that he was studying engineering at Cambridge, and I couldn't figure out whether he'd gone into politics mm. or whether somehow it was an inherited role. Which, surely the Prime Minister role was set up to not be inherited. Yeah, you know I mean? that is what we'll have to do more research in. So. Yeah, which was also the issue they had with um, in this country with the whole kind of civil war thing mm. when um oh my god i forgot all the names it was king charles and what was his name cromwell uh when cromwell then became the prime minister he died and his son inherited it and the whole country went well no hold on we just Hang got on. rid of that system what's the point of that <laughs> why have we just bought into another system that's just like that so then that obviously as we, we now don't. yeah so now that's why we still have mm, i will here. have to research about the prime ministers in india mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so her mother-in-law was assassinated mm-hmm. and her husband was elected as Prime Minister. Um, so as the Prime Minister's wife, she acted as his official hostess, you know, just fulfilled the wife's duties yep. um, and accompanied him on state visits. Um, <laughs> however, after her husband was assassinated... <gasps> no! You? My goodness. Seven years later, she took over and became the president of the Indian National Congress and took over as party leader in 1998. Whoa. Was she assassinated? No. Well, she had wanted to remain private, remain out of public and everything like that. And many party members saw all the good work that her husband did and mm. wanted her to run in the party. Okay. She wasn't having it. She didn't want to be there. She just, you know, she'd lost her mother-in-law and her husband mm. through politics, well, through assassination of the politics. She wasn't having it. But after seven years, she ran and she took over the party as leader. Whoa. She remained in office for, this is the record in all of Indian history, 19 years. Whoa. Um, That's a long time. To Without be in the same... assassinated. Too. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. And um, these 19 years were characterised by the party's renewed adherence to centre-left position on the Indian political spectrum, directed at the caste system. She wanted to try and break it down. Love it. This was still in the 60s. Yes. Wild. Amazing. Yep. Did it succeed? I mean, some people would say yes, and some people would say no. Yeah, yeah, it's like anything. Yeah. So going back to when her husband was assassinated, mm-hmm. she was invited then by the Congress leaders, but she refused and she stayed away. Um, but like I said, seven years later, she begrudgingly joined the party as a primary member, um, like I said, became leader in 98. Mm-hmm. And then in May 1999, three senior leaders challenged her right to try and become India's prime minister because of her foreign origins, because she was of Italian oh, origins. Yeah. And they challenged her on this, despite having grown up in India. Well, like half, because her mother was Italian, but her dad was Indian. Yeah. So, right. That that, that kind of, that idea kind of screams, we don't actually have an issue with that, we're just trying to find an excuse. She was the only woman running, so... Oh, of course. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Um, So in response to these challenges Mm. about her running... She offered to resign uh, as party leader, but this resulted in outpouring support and the expulsion of the three people who had challenged her. 
amazing. And they then went on to form the Nationalist Congress Party, which unfortunately is a big organisation now from excluded rebels. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, within 62 days of joining as a primary member, she was offered the president post. Under her leadership, the Congre- Congress went on to form the government post the 2004 elections. She has since been credited for being instrumental in formulating United Progressive Alliance, which was re-elected in 2009. Over the course of her career, she was credited for the formation and subsequent implementation of such rights-based development and welfare schemes, the Right to Information and the Food Security Bill. What does that kind of all... So, I thought I'll look this up. Yeah. See what these terms all mean. The rights-based development and welfare scheme mm-hmm. was another stab at the caste system. Brilliant. Um, basically, the way I understood research about it is, you know... Um, Do we need to explain what the caste system is in case people don't know? Yes. Yes, okay. So, the reason we learned about this is because we studied 20th century literature. Yeah. I learned it in high school. Did you? Seriously? Yeah. Which like, That's class. very progressive for a high school. Yeah, I did, we had a good teacher. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we had, no, we learned about it last year, didn't mm. we? Um, in 20th century literature. And it was basically, um, Indian society was divided into, was it six classes? Yeah, I think so. But like in three tiers, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, with your... I'm trying to think. At the bottom. Yeah. Because yeah. the they were the outcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they were literally cast out, out yeah. yeah i can't um, remember the names of the other two though me either i'm like, trying to think were the brahims were the godly ones i'm trying to think I of the hindu remember. term for a priest Ooh. i can't remember they were like the top guys mm-hmm. and then you had your middle class and then you had your untouchables who were literally treated like shit yeah. there we go the brahmins kashri yeah, they are the... And then the bottom is the Dalits, or the Untouchables. Yeah. And um, this system... So five, not, not six. Sorry, five. No, no, it's not Hmm? Oh. Yeah, and then you've got the, the Untouchables at the bottom. So they're so bad they don't get a number. Yeah. Um, they, were, they were seen as worse than animals. They were yeah. just... Um, and... What was introduced in the UK when there was a lot of poverty was social housing. She tried to introduce that mm-hmm. with the rights-based development and welfare scheme. She tried to introduce social housing because the untouchables were not in housing. They were in... Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and she tried to make them accessible for any class. She Good. even started a pre-version of what we would now call a welfare system. Nice. Um, when was this? Was this in... This is in 2009. Yeah. yeah, 10 years ago. Did we not have a welfare system 10 years ago? What? We did. We did? They did. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're still in India. <laughs> Sorry, it's been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> um, she did the Right to Information Act, which was basically before this act, um, police could hold files about people and people would never even know. So you had the right to request to see anything on your file. Good. There was a lot of um, corruption in the police system where people were being framed for things and they could justify it by falsifying these files and no one would ever know because they'd never known they were on file. Oh my gosh, it's like 1984. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, finally, the food security bill was, I mean, we would call it food banks, mm-hmm. but basically she taxed certain people in the top brackets to make food banks and to be able to claim the food you had to prove your income so you were on a low income yeah so that not just anybody could take it yep um and i mean you were granted it anyway if you were in the housing system and uh, yeah she taxed the the high earners good selfies what a gal i know however not everybody liked her Really? Her, really? her foreign birth Ooh. has also been a subject of much debate and controversy. Mm-hmm. People still weren't happy that she was Italian. 
What's wrong with these ones? Mm, I mean, I don't really know the Indian culture, but I think it's a, a cultural thing. Uh, Globalization. Yes. Get rid of borders. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's a podcast in itself. Yeah. Oh, I could make a podcast all about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, her active participation in politics began to reduce during the latter half of the UPA's government and the second term owing to health concerns. In 2011, she underwent successful surgery for cervical cancer and became an ambassador for cervical cancer US and India. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, she stepped down as the Congress president in 2017, but continues to this day to lead the party's parliamentary committee. Although she never held any public office in the government of India, mm. she has been widely described as one of the most powerful politicians in the country and often listed among the top ten most powerful women in the world. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Um, after her cancer treatment, mm. she returned to India. So she received cancer treatment in mm. New York. She returned to India on the 9th of September and speaking on the 18th of July 2012, she was asked about her son and his role in politics and she said, that is for him to decide. I do not choose his future as my mother-in-law chose my husband's. Wow. I love her. (laughs) Um, Also, Guardian listed her as one of the 50 best dressed over 50s in March 2013. Mm -hmm. Um, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just an issue that it's just like what women wear that that's what they're seen for. Yeah, I do like that she's on the most powerful, well, most powerful yeah. women in the world list as well. As well, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, but, it's yeah. problematic. Yeah. It's like you wouldn't so I'm doing see my dissertation. <laughs> yeah. A Donald, like Donald Trump on best dressed men. Hopefully not. Well, yeah. But, but like, I need that wig. Do you even have like best dressed men? No, it's 50 no. best over 50s, yeah. You, there is, yeah, there is... Um, they do do Vogue and... Uh, like most attractive and, and yeah. stuff like that, but it's... Also problematic. Yeah. Why is everything so superficial? Hmm. Mm. Um, that was the subject of... You know, I submitted the short story yeah. to the thing. That's the subject of that's that. It's called The Sum of Our Parts. It's all about... Oh. Plug it. All about... Um, it's the all right. This is mildly digressive. Uh, the uh, idea that um, people can swap their body parts at will, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I'd be like, well, I've got a long day at work. I just borrow your knees and I put my your knees on my knees, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's the idea that a society is built upon then just being your body. So everything else about you is is null and void fixed, because yeah. everybody's so fixated on the idea of having the best parts or yeah. the, things like that. Anyway, yeah, carry on. <laughs> That's really interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so when she was asked about this, she said she looks no further than her mother in law's style and her mother in law's innate sense of fashion. Oh, she like I'm so glad that that's like a really good mother in law kind of relationship because the, so she, to her the reason is she that. rejected um, Catholicism. So Ooh. never had the same relationship with her own mother. Ooh. Mm. Yikes. Sad though. Very yeah. sad. Um, so, according to an affidavit, which I don't know what that means. Mm. Affidavit. It could be. Filed go. during the. Yeah. Go on. Go, yeah, go on. <laughs> What's an affidavit? Well, it's because it's on suits. So I think it's when they like check up on you or something. Hang on, I think it's a census. Is it what? Where, where, where? Oh, it is a sworn statement of fact voluntarily made by a deponent under oath. Oh, so it's like exactly what I was saying. It's like a a statement. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to, when you say under oath. Yeah. yeah. Um, According to one of those, Mm -hmm. filed during the Indian general election in 2014, she declared her assets worth, I don't know what currency this is, Mm. but in US dollars, it's 92.8 million. How much money she has? In movable money and 65.7 million in immovable money. This is an almost six-fold increase since her declaration in the last election. I think the amazing thing is, while she was at university, mm-hmm. she was working 40 hours a week as a waitress. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, way through university. So and then worked. I like literally worked to it. Whoa, how amazing is that? So there you amazing. go. That's Sonia Gandhi. So you're good at maths. How old is she now? She was born in. Is she still alive? Forty-six. She'd be in her seven. She'd be seventy-three. Whoa. Hang on. I'm gonna check that. I find it quite like because we've we've both done people who are quite recent. If you know what I mean. Yeah. In she's terms of seventy-three. Yeah. And it's the first episode where the, the people are alive. I know, because I, I was quite getting quite worried. I got worried after I'd read all this stuff about how amazing she is, and I was like, oh no, she's not dead, is she? <laughs> I did she's still I was, going. But yeah, but wow, because I was quite worried that we'd only done people who had passed away, mm. and I was like, no, I want to do the one who's, who's like I still, know. and still doing stuff. Yeah. And so, quite interesting that both happened to. Yeah. Coincidence. Yeah. I would feel weird if they listened to me now. Yeah. Because I, d- I, I don't know. Did we do them justice? Not to discredit. I've been all. trying to big Sonia up. <laughs> yeah, we've been Doesn't mean it. She's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Mm-hmm. I so. How did you choose her? Yeah. That's... Oh, do you know, it's a bit of a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. I was watching a documentary on people with the same name as people. <laughs> what was the documentary that called? That sounds amazing. Something like my name on something. Oh, cool. So we're going to have to watch it later. I found out on Amazon. Nice. <laughs> um, Sonia Gandhi's son. Yeah. So her children both have her name. Yeah. Wow. Her um, son was saying that <laughs> people always ask me if his name's Mahatma. Oh, I see. Oh, so her son was on the show? Yes. Oh, cool. Oh, um, I'm one of them stereotypes. Because, yeah, we both are. Because as soon as you read the name, we were both like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically, that's the reaction he gets from everyone. So, and he lives in America. So, yeah. the only Gandhi people I've ever heard of in America is Muhammad. I, I think probably the only Gandhi people I've heard of here as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, until I researched, so that was her son. Until I researched Sonia, I agree with you. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I decided to do a bit of looking into her husband. I thought, what an interesting sounding guy. Um, just bear with. <laughs> bear with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, husband was the sixth prime minister of India. Mm-hmm. Uh, the what? Only had six. The sixth. Sixth. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they had. Um, they didn't have prime ministers before, did they? No, but still less. Okay. Um, they had ours. Hmm. And he, became, after the assassination of his mother, became the youngest Indian Prime Minister at the age of 40. That's so, like, the youngest at the age of 40. The thing is, though, and how now many the Prime Ministers the, the fifth, get here younger than 50? Yeah. They just have to work your thing up, don't you? Yeah. Um, da, da, da. His maternal grandfather was also Prime Minister. So... Yeah, it's so looking when, like so it's when father, then daughter, then son, then wife. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Hmm. Um, Very close knit. He he became a professional pilot for Indian Airlines in '66. Um, Bloody hell. Yeah, when they got married, um, but when his mother was killed, he was told he had to take over the role. So sad. Of Paris, yeah. He enjoyed being a pilot as well. So that's why when Sonia was asked about her son, she said, I'm going to let him decide. Good. Mm. Probably. Um, yeah, his mother was assassinated by one of her bodyguards <gasps> who was actually no. working for the rebel group that then criticised Sonia. Sonia. Yeah. So that's basically a little few facts about Rajiv. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. That was good. Yeah. Thanks. I enjoyed yours. Oh, thank you very much. And thank you for being a guest. Oh, yes, I guest. really enjoyed it. I hope I could come back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's kind of uh, this week's episode. Yeah. So, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you to Arvin, who will be editing. Yes. You have a task ahead of me. I know. <laughs> I know. Every week, to be fair, it's quite a task. Um, yes. uh, yeah, and then... 
Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Bye. Bye.